Okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Va'era, Tuf Shin Ayin Aleph. Parshas Va'era, Tuf Shin Ayin Aleph. And I wanted to uh, dedicate the Shir, Le'ili Nishmas Menucha Bas Moshe Yechezkel, Menucha Bas Moshe Yechezkel, who actually was uh, Niftara two days ago. She's on her way to Eretz Yisrael, and the uh, she'll be the Kfur will be tomorrow, and the Shir should be Le'ili Nishmasa Menucha Bas Moshe Yechezkel. Okay. Parsha starts off. Parsha's va'era va'idabra l'kim al Moshe va'yomer elav ani Hashem. Hashem says to Moshe, "I am God." Va'era el Avram al Yisrael al Yaakov bekel shakai, and I appeared to Avram Yisrael and Yaakov bekel shakai with the name of shakai. I am God. I appeared to Avram Yisrael and Yaakov in the name of Hashem. Ushmi Hashem lo nadati lohem. A lot of names of God in these first couple of psukim, and Chazal pick up on the emphasis of each one. But first, let's start off with the Rashi. First Rashi on Pazak Gimel, Va'era. Rashi says, Va'era, two words, El Ha'avos. I appear to the Avos. We didn't know who the Avos were. The Pazak says, I appear to Avram Yisrael and Yaakov. Rashi has to say, oh yeah, by the way, these are the Avos. I forget, we're in Shmos already. I, you know, Beratius talked about the Avos. I don't remember anymore. It's already been a partial distant. What's Rashi telling me? I have El Ha'avos. Question one. Question two, if we remember, Hashem really here is answering a request and a complaint from Moshe Rabbeinu. The end of the previous parasha, the end of Shmos, Hashem, Moshe says to Hashem, Maftir in parasha Shmos, Moshe goes back to Hashem and says, Lama hariyosa, lama zeh, lama zeh Now it's been worse since I started going to them. Miyoz basi alparo, ledaber b'shmecha heiro lama zeh, you know, nothing's getting better. It's only getting worse. Hashem says to him, now listen, you're about to see my great hand. So Hashem is still talking. It's still the conversation. Moshe's waiting for an answer. Right, Moshe says, it's gotten worse. What does Hashem say? I appeared to the Avos. How does that answer the question? Moshe had a question. You told me it was going to get better. It didn't get better. When is it going to get better? Hashem says, I appeared to the Avos. I didn't appear to you. So what exactly, number one, what is Rashi eating by El Ha'avos? Number two, how is Hashem answering the question? Says the Shem and Hatov. Source number one. Ko ha'olam omeid u'mishtomim apirish Rashi v'eira la'avos at the question that we asked. What is Rashi telling us? V'yaftino bar be'rab d'chad yoma yodeya d'avim yoslav yakob nikro avos. Even a one-day-old one child Knows that the Avos are the are Avram Yisak and Yaakov Maratzabazet, and then he says the other question also. What exactly is the answer? Yes, Chazal pick up on the fact Moshe shouldn't have complained. He should have had patience. Still, he needs an answer. Even if he shouldn't have asked the question, still an answer. It's Moshe Rabbeinu talking. There's no tshuva. Line seven. He says something similar to what, how many of the commentaries look at the names of God used in these sukkim, but let's see how he says it. Says Rabbi Weinberger, There are two levels. There are two levels of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. How he orchestrates events in the world. Two ways. One is called nature. That is, he set up a system, he set up nature, and he, the father of Mother Nature, he runs the world, 
behind the scenes, through nature, not breaking any of the rules, he peeks through the, the window. Right, we can't see him. He's very, very secretive. But that's how Kadesh Baruch runs the world. Even though, obviously, there is tremendous and direct hashgacha about everything that happens in the world, but but still, it's still natural. That's one way God runs the world. Teva. There is a second level, not better, not worse, just different. There is a second way God runs the world, where it is not limited and confined to the rules of nature that God set up. That's when the world runs. Where Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I don't want to just be behind the scenes. I want everybody to acknowledge me and recognize me every second. V'zehu chilik madregas shel ha'avos. And this is the avos v'shel Moshe Rabbeinu. These two bechinas, these two ways how God runs the world, is about to change. From Parsha's Lech Lecha, through half of Parsha Shmos, let's say, up until the snare, HaKadosh Baruch Hu ran the world in one way. Starting with the middle of Parsha Shmos until basically the end of the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is about to change how he runs the world. There was the time period of the Avos and there was the time period of Moshe Rabbeinu, which, as we know, from Parsha Shmos to the end of the Torah, Moshe is in every Parsha, except for one. Why? Because this is the time period of Moshe Rabbeinu. De'ilu ha'avos ha'yem histavkusam apiyateva. The avos, the whole time period, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, okay, there are midrashim. Avram was thrown into the furnace, and other midrashim. Yitzhak got blind because the malachim cried on in, in his, into his eyes. But the pashtas of Tarsha Bechsav, no nisim. No nisim in Bracious during the time of the avos. De'ilu ha'avos ha'yem histavkusam apiyateva. Vizehu, and that's what Hashem says. Shakai. Shakai is the name of God that's associated with nature. What is Shakai? As the Gemara says, Sha'amar la'olam dai. Hashem says, Die, this is enough. I created the world. Atkan. That's the world. That's nature. That's, that's the Pasuk. Va'era. I appeared to Avimitzel Yaakov. Bekel Shakai. Rashi's not telling you who the Avos were. But he's saying, El Ha'avos, meaning, all three together, this was the time period in history. This was the Avos time period. And during this time period, I ran the world in a certain way. No Nisim during that time period. Even you want to say, Abraham moved the rock, Yaakov moved the rock off the well, it was huge. Okay, but still, you read the Psukim, there's nothing totally supernatural occurring. Even if Chazal, Chazal pick up on it. But that was during the Avos. Line 16. Masha'en Kane Moshe Kal Havayasohu Derecha Torah Ulamalamanateva. Moshe symbolizes Lamalamanateva. He's up on our Sinai, he's not eating and drinking. He has the Mon and the Be'er and the Ananea Kovit. Last week he started off with the Sneh. We're about to have the Makas and Makas Bechoros and Kriyas Yamsuf. And throughout, that's Shalom Derecha Teva. That's what Rashi is emphasizing. And Hashem is giving Moshe an answer. Moshe, you're impatient. Moshe, you don't think anything can happen? It's gotten worse? 
How is it going to change? Hashem's saying, no, 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 you don't understand. The world is about to change. How I run the world is about to change. It got worse because I'm leading up to a major transition in Hisnagus Habore in the world. And that's what Hashem is answering to Moshe. The Moshe. The world is still in the Avos realm at this moment. Very soon it's going to change. But not yet. That's going to change from Teva. You're a few days, a few moments early. I'm going to change it. But Hashem says, uh, let's just continue first. It's going to be a little bit longer. And that's why you think it's getting worse, but really things are about to change. And that's why he even adds, why did Hashem send Moshe to B'nai Yisrael at that moment to tell them, and he knew what the answer was going to be, it's getting worse, and he took away the straw. Because he was proving to Moshe Rabbeinu, look, Am Yisrael isn't even ready for it yet. They're still living, as you are, Moshe Rabbeinu, with Olam Ateva. You're complaining, they're complaining. Last line, 31. This is part of Hashem's answer. He showed him. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't have the Amunia in it yet because they couldn't realize that type of, that type of existence. So the, everything was about to change. That's Avos in Rashi. It's the time period of the Avos. And that is the switch that's going to occur, and that's how Hashem answered the question. Just interesting, just to add on one small point, once we got back into Eretz Yisrael, we went back to Teva. So the goal is not the miraculous existence. Maybe when we have a Beis HaMikdash, in the Beis HaMikdash, there'll be ten miracles every day. But... Olam Kimin Hago Noheg, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, taking us throughout history on a daily basis, we think, oh, it was only miracles. That's not the goal of life. The goal of life, what was the goal of this whole process? To get back into Eretz Yisrael, to live, Bolam HaTeva, to work the land, to fulfill the mitzvot in our own land, not living with the mun and not living with that type of existence. So, that is the transition that is taking place as we speak. Parsha Shmos, Parsha Zva'era, Parsha Bo. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hanhag is changed. Okay, moving right along, let's do a Ramban that deals with a very famous question, which we haven't done this Ramban in the past. Kodesh Baruch Hu goes through Moshe, and then we, we have the Baisheni, we have the whole lineage of Moshe Rabbeinu, we discussed that last year, why the whole lineage is given here, Rashi as well says it, but in Perak Zion, by Yom Hashem Moshe, the beginning of the Perak, Okay, you and Aaron are going to go, you're going to go to Paro. You're going to say what I commanded you. Aaron's going to be your mouthpiece. Aaron's going to take care of things for you. Don't worry. You have a lisp. You can't speak properly. The greatest leader in our history couldn't speak properly. Book Musar Haskell. It's about the content. The Shilach has B'nai Yisrael me'arso. He will send B'nai Yisrael out. Va'ani Aksha as slave Paro. I will harden Paro's heart. They heard Basias Ososai, Basmofsai, Baeris Mitzrayim. And I will bring great wonders and signs in Mitzrayim. Below Yishmaalechem Paro. Paro will not listen. Venasadia said to me, Mitzrayim, I will place my hand in Egypt. And Votsesi, eventually I will take you up in Israel. But I'm going to harden his heart and he won't listen. The question is asked, 
by almost every commentary, hardening his heart. Why did God do that? How is he allowed to do it? Doesn't the world run through Bechira Chavshis, free choice? And yet it says explicitly that his heart was hardened. So many answers to this question. Let's just do the two that the Ramban quotes. Source number three. Source number three. Says the, I'm sorry, on the bottom. I skipped. Source number two on the bottom. Says the Ramban. Third to last line. Or last line, let's start with. Everybody asks, asks the Ramban, What did he do wrong? If God hardened our hearts, we'd also not let the Jews out. See, it's not Paro's fault. Two reasons, says the Ramban, and they're both true. Many times where the Ramban quotes the Rambam, he'll say, but this is wrong for these reasons, that's why I give this a shot. Here he says, both are right, both are emes. Elu ve'elu. Ha'echad, the first reason. Ki paro berisho, asher asal Yisrael rose gedolos chinam. Paro, who did such terrible actions against the Jewish people. He took little innocent babies and threw them into the river. He took other babies to get their blood so Paro could, could bathe in. Paro did such terrible, we should say, Paro Yamach Shemo. We don't, because he's in the Torah. We only say later Yamach Shemo. Paro Yamach Shemo. Maybe because Paro wasn't his real name. So we don't really know his real name. Paro was just the name of the position. There are many Paros, so we can't say his name. Asher Azali Yisrael rose gadolos chinam nischayev limnoa mimenu darkei tshuva. Part of his punishment was that Hashem didn't let him do tshuva. Because any even little bit of, of seichel, looking at a couple of the makos, get out of here, leave, I don't want you. But Akash Baruch says, no, 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 you've done such, such terrible things that I'm not going to let you do tshuva. I'm going to let you stay stubborn and therefore it'll be even worse for you. As many psukim illustrate, it's part of the punishment. He gets this from the Rambam. The Rambam writes this in Uchus Shuvah as well. Part of the punishment if somebody does such wicked averus, so many terrible actions. So Akadosh Baruch Hu is Noel Mimenudov gave So I'll take care of you in the next world. Chavetz Chaim expands on this idea. It does not quote the Ramban. But he kind of expands on this idea. We'll get back to the second one in a minute. Says the Chavetz Chaim in source number four. How is how did Hashem do this? How it's never closed. How did God do this? How did he close it? The Gemara tells us in the Hedrin, the fascinating story we discussed it here in the past of Menashe, Menashe Hamelech, who wanted to do tshuva at the end of his life, and nobody, the Malachim. The Gemara and the Yerushalmi even more graphically paints the picture of the Malachim. I tell Hashem, no, no, you can't, you can't. And it says, the Malachim are Noalim Chalonos. They start closing the windows in Shamayim, as if like the Tfilos of Menashe. Because what did Menashe say? Menashe worshipped every Avodah in the world. And none of them worked. So he says, you know what? I might as well try Hashem. Because I have nothing else to lose. And if he helps me wonderful, and if he doesn't help me, he's just like all the other gods. So what was God supposed to do? So the Malachim say, how can you listen to that? What, he's daring you? So they closed the windows of Shamayim, the Gemara, the Gemara illustrates. And the Gemara says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu drills a little hole in the bottom of his Kisi HaKavit. And he lets the tefillah up through that. So, right, and the Malachim couldn't even understand it. 
That's uh, it's a Gemara in the end of Masechus Sanhedrin. So the Chavos Chaim says, you see, there's always there's always a possibility. So what does it mean? He, he hardened Pyro's heart. So says the Chavos Chaim Elo Ha'inyan Hu exactly the same idea. Ki yeshnam chot, but a little differently, a little modified. Ki yeshnam chotim shemina shemayim ozrim lahem lachzor b'tshuva k'mosh anu mispalalim hachzirenu b'tshuva shleima lefanecha. We can never do tshuva ourselves. It's too hard. We do something, we're influenced by what we do, we're distant from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's hard to change. Bisrael Salanter, it's harder to change one midah that's ingrained in us more than learning all of Shas. Bisrael Salanter. Imagine, we could all think about the midahs that we have to work on. Think how hard it is to change. One midah, harder than all of Shas, so it's hard. The only way we could do it is with Siyat HaDashmaya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps us. That's what we daven for. Hachzirenu, hachzirenu, return. What do you mean, return us? Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you return yourself. The answer is no, because if we start, Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives us help. Hachzirenu, b'tshuva shleim alafanecha, return. So says the Chavetz Chaim. But sometimes God says, "I'm not helping you at all." That's what it means. Not that God closed off, impossible to do tshuva. He took away any siyata d'shmai. He took away any divine help. You want it, and that's a punishment because it's so hard to do without it. The Yesh Chotim Shehidgish Higdishu Et Hasaah. They made such a big pile of averus. Arkidekach Shenishla Lamehem Asiyua Umen Hashemayim Lo Yazru Lahem. No divine help. Verak Aleim Lehisora Measam Lasos Shuba. Of course they can still do it, but they got to do it themselves. God says, "I've had enough of you. If you want to do it like a parent who the child's done a hundred times." The parent says. I'm not, I'm not trying to help you anymore. I'm not picking you up. I'm not coming. You want it, you come to me. You got to have had enough. That's what God does when somebody does some, so somebody acts so terribly. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to harden his heart, meaning naturally he's not going to do tshuva. Of course he can. Of course he can. I made his leave hard and heavy. I didn't close it. Hechbadati is libo, says the Chavetz Chaim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Amar LaMoshe Leich Vodiel Aparo Shehirchak Lachas Berishaso Viyeh Onish Min Hashemayim He's going to punch all the Yisrael Lachzor Tshuva Kini Hechbadati is libo libo Achshav Kaved. Why is it so heavy? Because God's not helping. God's not helping lift him up. That's why it's so heavy. But of course he still had bechira. Shot number one. It's part of the onesh. But not exactly what the Ramban says, that it's totally closed off and he can't do tshuva, but he probably will not do tshuva because he won't have any siyata d'shmaya. The Chavetz Chaim even adds, this was the mistake of Elisha ben Avuya, also known as Acher. Acher. Line 11, V'zuhaisa ta'usa shalisha ben Avuya. Elisha, remember the story from the Gemara, he's walking with, with Rabbi Meir, and they hear a basko, and the basko goes out, shuva banim shovavim, the pasuk from Tanakh, everybody's going to do shuva, chutz me'acher. Slacher says, that's a basko that says I can't do shuva? Forget it, I'm finished. That's what the basko said. That's how he took it. Chashav shalom lo tizkavel shuva so, he thought I'm finished. He didn't realize that that was like a paro, paro mechanism. I'm not helping you do shuva. But you could, of course, tshuva is always possible. It's just that Hashem says, I'm not helping you anymore. I'm finished. You've got to do it yourself. But that is all. Derech number one. How to answer the question of the hardening of the heart. Number one is that the possibility was taken away from him as part of the onesh. How far do you go? He couldn't or he wouldn't. That's the difference between the Ramban's formulation and the Chavetz Chaim's formulation. But the Rabban then has a second shot. 
Vahatamasheni, back to the Ramban, line three at the end. Vahatamasheni, ki hoyu chatsi hamakos ala befisho, ki lo nomar ben rakva yechzaik vayechazaik leif paro, a number of the Mepharshim point out that it does not say during the Makos that God hardened his heart until the second half of the Makos. By the first half, all it says is that Paro hardened his heart, his own heart. The first couple of Makos, it was his own fault. Hashem gave him chances to set them free as, an, as a way of listening to God. He did it. By Maka number six, if Paro was going to let them free, it was not going to be because Kvod Shamayim. That's not why Paro was going to set them free when he got halfway through the Makos. When the Makos became great, and he became weary from suffering under them, then his heart became soft. He was going to set them, set them free, Low lasos with its own borrow, but not for the right reasons. God says, I'm not interested in this type of sending. At the beginning, God didn't, didn't punish him. And God didn't harden his heart. After half of the process went through, and then all of a sudden, he was going to do it? Kaddish Baruch Hu says, no, I'm not interested in this. Some of Farshim explain, what does this mean? It means that Kaddish Baruch Hu gave him back his Bechira. He didn't take away his Bechira. Because any normally thinking person, after being smacked five times with Makas, obviously you're going to set the Jews free. There's no more Bechira Chashis there. It's clear. No, no, I'm going to harden the hearts to make it level again, to make it balanced. Because I need you to set them free out of Bechira Chashis. Out of, you have, you make it a choice, and this is what Akhash Baruch wants me to do, and that's what I'm going to do. The first five, you blew it. Okay, next ones, any, any little bit of a, a seichel in a person, you would set them free. But it wouldn't be free because, because God struck you with lightning. It wouldn't be l'shem shamayim. You don't have Bechir HaChavshas anymore. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to harden your heart to give you back the Bechir HaChavshas, to level the playing field, and now if you set them free, that'll be l'shem shamayim. But obviously he didn't, but that is another answer that the Ramban gives. Again, number one, as part of the Onesh. Number two, Paro didn't get the message the first couple of Makas, so by the time he was going to set them free, God says, I'm not interested in this type of sending. I'm going to harden your heart. And if you send now, that would be what I'm looking for. And if not, if not. Okay. So Paro's heart is hardened. And now we get into the Os. Perak Zion, Pasuk Tess. Hashem says to Moshe Nara, Paro is going to say, give me a sign. You want your nation to go free? Give me some magic. That's the language they spoke in Egypt. Magic. Do some sorcery for me. Let me see what you're made of, says Paro. Hashem knows this, and he says, Tell Aaron, take your stick, throw it on the floor, and it will become a tanin. It will become a tanin. Rashi, Tanin, Nachash. A snake. Okay, so he's going to make his staff turn into a Tanin, and Rashi says, by the way, Tanin is a snake. And the Pazak describes, they go to Paro, and they throw it on the floor, and it becomes a Tanin in Pazak Yud. Paro calls to all of his Chachamim and Mechashvim, and they do the same thing. Wonderful, Paro's heart is hardened. Yes, as I'll say that 
Aaron's stick after it became a stick, swallowed them, swallowed, swallowed them. That's sign number one. Next, Pasuk Yudal. His heart is heart, heavy. He doesn't want to send the people out. Go to Paro in the morning. He's going to the bathroom by the Nile. He doesn't want anybody to know he goes to the bathroom. He goes very early in the morning. People think he's a god. You go there. The mate that nepach lenachash. The mate that was nepach lenachash. Nachash? We just said Tanin. A few psukim ago, we said it was a Tanin over there. But now you're bringing it and you're saying it's going to change it to a Nachash now. Asks, Karas Shabbos Oneg, Hatzadig Rebel Yezer Mi Mishkolotz. Bepasig Zem, it's Sadak Kodesh Baruch Hu Moshe Rabbeinu, Sheyomer La'aron Lachash Lekas Mateyu, Vehu Yela Tanin. It'll be a Tanin. Rashi says, oh, it was a Tanin or Nachash? Feel Bepasig Tezvav Nehmar, go to Paro, and the matash and nefach lenachash. Why does it say nachash there? Not tanin. Is it nachash or is it tanin? Rashi, tanin is a nachash. What's the difference between a nachash and a tanin? So it's the sifsechachavim. He quotes the radak, but it's also the sifsechachavim. On that Rashi quotes it. The sifsechachavim quotes tanin is a water nachash, and a nachash is a terrestrial nachash, a land nachash. Elaheshav Arebi, Haradak, Rabdavid Kimchi, Mazbir, Sheesh Hevdel Beitan and Lenachash, Hatanin, Hu Nachash Achai Bemayim, Vilo Anachash, Hu Nachash Hayabasha. And therefore, and we see the exactness of Torah, every single word, and why it's used. Why does the first say Tanin and then Nachash? Mishem Kach, Kashem Tzavah, Kodesh Barachul Moshe, Shuba Amdo Lifne Paro, Yashlik Aaron Azamate, Viafech Lissanin, when Hashem tells Moshe and Aaron, go into the palace and do the sign for Paro, change it into a Tanin. Why? Because that's an even greater miracle. Change it into a water. Nachash. That's you're in the palace. That's a greater nace. Shazehu nace kaful. It's a double nace. Gam ne pachamatalonachash. Velodistam nachash. That type of nachash. It's a double miracle. But when Moshe goes to the water, and he goes to power by the water, there it says what? The mata that has the ability to change it to a nachash. Because at the water, the greater miracle would be changing it into a nachash and not to a tanin. Baruch was making the miracles greater to prove to the others. Again, he might not like doing miracles and less, less than the miracles elsewhere, but when he's trying to prove his existence to Paro, the greater miracle, the better. And it's Meduyak, Tanin on dry land, because that's unusual, Nachash by the water, because that is unusual. Staying on this topic of the Nachash, I mentioned this in a drasha in the, in the past. Why the Mateh? The Psukim say, if you see in the beginning of source number six, the Bear Yosef quotes these Psukim as we just read. Take your the stick is going to change it to a snake. The Medrash says that every five year old in Egypt was able to change their sticks into snakes. 
magic was so rampant and prevalent that every five-year-old could do it. So why did Hashem tell Moshe and Aaron to do it? Out of all the signs, this was not such a great, wow, he could do that. My three-year-old could do that. This was the sign that Moshe and Aaron are going to prove to Aparo. Oh, says the Medrash. The Ber Yosef quotes it. Paro brings in four-year-olds to change their sticks into snakes. Aaron, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you bringing into Mitzrayim? And that's the line in seven. We have plenty of this. What are you doing? Pierce Rashi, who was a Laolana, Mofis Adam, and Kenya Shlavin. Kivan Shibim Mitzrayim, Hayadar, Kavia, Dualakulam, everybody knew how to do it to make the matas into the Nachash. Why is this chosen as the sign, the first sign that Moshe and Aaron are giving Paro? Question one. Question two, which already leads into the answer, says the Bear Yosef. Rambam that we have discussed in the past, that we just discussed it, I think, uh, this year, a couple weeks ago. The Rambam and Hilchus Shuvah, on line 18. Lama Anash HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaMitzrim Al Sheevidim Esbenei Yisrael. We discussed it by the Brisbane Avasarim. Why the Mitzrim were punished if it was already broadcast, if it was already said in Brisbane Avasarim that the Jews would be in a land that's not theirs and they would be subjugated by the nation there. So why was Egypt punished? Why would, well, Mitzrayim just followed God's orders. Hashem said to Avram, this is what it was going to be the case. So they did it. That was the Rambam's, excuse me, the Rambam's kasha, Nilchus Shuva. And what did the Rambam answer? The Rambam and the Ravid, he quotes the Ravid on line 23. The Rambam has his answer. We're not going to get back into that. Line 23, what the Ravid there answer? And the Rambam also, Ki habore amar osam. God said subjugate them. He didn't say torture them. He didn't say throw the babies into the river. He didn't say kill them. The Mitzrayim went way beyond what God had decreed. So if they would have just had them and kept them in Mitzrayim, okay. But they went way beyond what God had in mind in Brisbane of Basarim. The Hemisu Mehem, the Tabu Mehem, Kenyan Shinemar, as the Pasuk says, Ani Katsafti Ma'at Vehim Azru says the Ravid, that's why they were Mitzrayev, because... They went above and beyond. That's the Rabban quotes also. That's what we did it in Pashas Lech Lecha because they did way beyond. Hosifa, top of the next column, line five. Hosifu laharak yeshlichu b'neim liyar v'davar baruhu ki ashlachas b'neim liyar einu b'chal v'adam yinu osam. It's for sure, says the Ramban, throwing babies into the river is not part of subjugating. Avalhi akirasam lagamri. That's that's uprooting them. That's way beyond anything that God had in mind. Let's take this idea for a moment, says the Ber Yosef. So the Mitzrayim knew that the Jews, there was this decree that the Jews were supposed to be in their land, and the Mitzrayim kind of felt okay about themselves. This is what we were supposed to do. What do we do wrong? God, maybe they even knew this, and therefore they didn't believe Moshe and Aaron. God's going to punish us? We did what he wanted us to do. What's the problem? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe and Aaron, take the matah. Take the staff in your hands to Paro and make a change it to a snake. What's a mata? What's a stick? A stick has no inherent power. 
It all depends on the holder of the stick and the one who directs the stick. A mata is a tool. It's a clee. It's a vessel that the, that the holder, it's like an arrow, can't do anything independently. It's just a way, something that you use to achieve a result. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, take the mata to the Mitzrayim because I want to tell them that I had in mind that they should be my mata. They should be my stick. They should be, they should give a patch to B'nai Yisrael and Mitzrayim. That was what I had in mind. Bring them the mata, but you know what? Make it change into a snake. Because what they did was not mata-like. What they did was snake-like, was very independent, nothing to do with what I wanted to do. The Mitzrayim warrant matos. Line 11. Nimsa lafizeh. And whenever we mention this, remember, if Shlomo Zalman told the Bar Yosef to write these drushes down, Klai Yisrael has to benefit from these drushes. Says the Bar Yosef, Shem lo hayu Yisrael. If the Mitzrayim would not have gone overboard, kiim kafiyah gzera levad, as lo hayu nanashem, they wouldn't have been punished. Vizel sharamas lahem b'vashe erol levnei b'amate. That's the mate, unbelievable, laharos, to teach us. Shehem hayutzrichem lios rak bebechinas mate lokim. That's what they should have been. They should have just been the staff of Hashem, as the pasuk says. The mate, line 18, the stick doesn't do more than what it's told to do. So you Mitzrayim shouldn't have done more than what you were told to do. Line 20, But they went overboard and they did exactly what they wanted to do. Nachash. And in their brazenness and wickedness of heart, they continue to do bad. You turned into snakes. You're not just the mate. And therefore, it's the message of the mate. Not, Paro missed the boat. Right? Paro thought, oh, it's just magic. No, no, no. I'm trying to tell you something, Paro, deep down. But he didn't. He didn't realize it. Even quote to the end, what's the symbolism of Aaron's mata swallowing up theirs? Okay, continues at the end, you can read it. But that is the main point that he has of the mata. They weren't a mata. They acted independently like a notch. Okay, moving right along. So now we have the makas. First seven makas are in this week's parsha. First six makas are at the, uh, I was in this week too, yeah. Uh, but a borrowed arbe, no, first six makas. So the part that describes the first couple of makas, let's say one thought on each of the three, first three makas. We might have mentioned some of these thoughts. One of them I know we did for sure in our Haggadah Shiurim, but it's good to review them. I think one of the couple of them, two of them are new. One of them we mentioned before. Let's talk about Dam. Dam, the maka of Dam. If you look in the Torah, the problem that we are going to answer Says the Pasuk in Perak Zion, Pasuk Yudalid, first the Maka is announced, Pasuk Yutas is carried out. Tell Aaron to take a stick, and all of the Mikvos, the Yihu Dam. There was blood all over. Blood. And he did it, he hit the water, and there is blood. Pasuk. Let's read the Pesukim closely. All the water in the Yor turned to blood. The fish died. 
the Ya'ar stank, and the Egyptians couldn't drink water from the Ya'ar. So what do we think that means now? They couldn't drink water from the Ya'ar because it was all down. Still somewhat unusual to say they couldn't drink water from the Ya'ar because it was what? There was no water to drink. So what do you mean they couldn't drink water from the Ya'ar? There was no water in the Ya'ar to drink. Right? The Vlayachlu? Somewhat unusual. But you could say it means they couldn't drink the water because there was no water. It was all dam. Vayihidam b'chalaretz Mitzrayim. Next Pasek. Vayasukein chartumei Mitzrayim b'latehem. The chartumei Mitzrayim did the same thing. Vayechazak le'parov al-shamah le'hem kashir dibar Hashem. And Paro's heart was hardened. Question. What do you mean they did the same thing? Where did they get water from? Where was the water? They did the same thing. What? It was after the Makkah finished they did the same thing? Doesn't sound that way. It sounds like while it was all blood or while the, the effects of it were still there, they tried, they did it. What? They, they bought them. Oh, maybe they bought. They bought from the Jews. Okay. But who says that when they bought from the Jews they didn't change back, change back to Dom? So number one is where they get water from and number two is that other unusual lashon of says one of the Roshe Pashtonim, the Eben Ezra. Source number eight on the Pasik. Again, this is not how we usually envision the Makkah, but the Eben Ezra in his Pashtan way of looking at Psukim, here we go. Lo nasu hayyardam kiim Says the Eben Ezra, water changed to blood only for a moment. And then it changed back to water. It changed to blood just for a minute. Umiyad, but because of that moment, Mesa Hadaga Machwas Hadam. Fish can't live without water. So it changed at that moment, and automatically at that moment when it was blood, all the fish died. What happens then when you have a Ya'ar full of dead fish? It changed right back to water. Umasha Kasuv. Now it fits in beautifully. They couldn't drink the water from the ark. It was water. They couldn't drink it because you have all these dead fish in the water. It stunk and it was putrid. Not because it was blood. You don't see that they say... Where did, do you see anywhere where power says, please take, take the blood away from us? You don't see that anywhere. They've got to get all the fish out. And a proof to my pshat, says the Eben Ezra, is the next Pasik. If there was no water, how they do this maka? So, A, the fact that it says they couldn't drink the water from the Ya'ar. Number two, that they had water to do this trick with, says the Eben Ezra. That is what proves my point. Is, are there ways to read the Pesukim without this shot? Yes. You couldn't drink water because there was no water. They, could, they did it because they bought from the Jews or it was after the Makkah was finished. Right? Different shot than be able to be given. But that is the Eben Ezra, Pshuto Shel Mikra. Done. Next, Tzvardaya. Tzvardaya, this is the thought we mentioned in the past, a thought from the Haggadah of the Minchazash, or Vasher Weiss. Tzvardaya, the Gemara tells us it's that Hedjan is a Machlokas. So Machlok is about the Makkah of Tzvardeya. What exactly happened there? So, Roger Weiss quotes it. Nechlug l'tanayim ha-makkah Tzvardeya. L'Rebi Akiva, Tzvardeya achaz haisa umilo es kol eretz Mitzrayim. Rabbi Akiva says that there was one humongous 
frog. Huge! Huge! We translated it as frog. Other before that, yeah, but as we even quotes, maybe it was some crocodiles thrown in there too. We don't exactly know, but let's assume it was frogs. That's the Mesorah that we have, that it was frogs. So there was one huge frog, says Rabbi Akiva, that filled the whole land. Almost like Elizabeth Nazaria. Elizabeth Nazaria says to him, Akiva, my friend, what are you giving such crazy pshatim for? What are, you, what are you coming to Agadita for? Go away from your, finish what you said. Go back to Lundus. Go back to Nagon. Go back to Hilfus Saras and Nahalus. Rabbi Akiva, come on. We don't, we don't need this. There was one normal frog and it kept screaming and attracting all the other frogs from the whole world. That's what Bozman Azariah says. The question is, what was Rebbe Nazariah so upset about? So Rebbe Akiva gave a wild shot. So does that mean that he's totally wrong? That he's out of, out of, out of left field? I mean, there are many, many pshatim uh, that, that are given. He says to Rebbe, Rebbe Nazariah, you're so upset about this. He says to Rebbe Akiva, you, you have to stop talking. Just go back to Nagam and Alas. What, what's behind Rebbe Nazariah's upsetness at his chaver, Rebbe Akiva? Right? He says, go away. V'nira b'derek drush says Rav Asher Weiss. Let me explain b'derek drush. Tine b'psachim amru. Whenever anybody speaks about the frogs, they usually speak about this Gemara. Psachim nun gimel. Bottom right. Ma roch nanim shal vazaria shemasarasmal maklushes hashem. Chananim mishal vazaria. Later on in history, they were thrown into the fiery furnace rather than bowing down to avodazara. Why? Where did they learn this from? To be moser nefesh. From where? From the frogs. The Gemara says there, if frogs who don't have a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, they were gave their lives and jumped into the ovens and jumped into the bodies of the Egyptians, so we were mechuyiv in Kiddush Hashem, surely we have to be Moser Nefesh. That's what the Gemara says. It's a Kavachomer. Darsh a Kavachomer from the frogs. Tosas there asks, how do you learn, how do you learn it exactly from the frogs? Okay, Tosas deals with it. On the top line now, the next column. The whole concept that you could darshan a kalvachomer from a frog is only in medubar bitzvar de'im tivi'in. That's only if you're dealing with natural frogs. Regular frogs, regular people. Regular, peop- regular frogs are most nefesh, so really, surely we should be most nefesh. But if you're dealing with a miraculous frog, it's not shy to learn anything from a miraculous frog. They were created for this nace. So you, you can't learn anything from them. God created them to do this. If they're natural frogs, and they did it, so normal frogs don't do this. So that would be a good kavachomer. So Rabbi Lezab and Azariah is telling Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, we learned the halacha of Mesiris Nefesh, Chananim Shavazayah, learn it from the frogs. According to your pshat, the whole Kavachomer falls away. You, Rabbi Akiva, you're saying the frog was a humongous frog, it was a miraculous frog, but then you can't make the Kavachomer. That's what he's saying. That's why he's getting so upset. According to your pshat, the halacha becomes problematic. So you know what? Your agadic pshat ruins the halacha. So go back to halacha. Stay out of agadita, Rabbi Akiva. That's what he's saying. If you say it's a huge frog, 
So then the Chanan Meshav Azariah, what are they based on? They don't have a Kavachomer to be based on. And therefore, they acted Shalok Kedin. No, we can't say that. You have to, uh, Rabbi Akiva, go back to Agart. And then he just adds the final point. Says Rav Asher Weiss, a final punchline. It's Meduyak that it's Rabbi Akiva. Not just Rav Asher Azariah says, according to your shot, everybody in history who's most Sir Nefesh, won't have a leg to stand on because there's no more Kavachomer. But you, Rabbi Kiva, yourself, what do you do in your life? What do you do at the end of your life? Obviously, this is beforehand. He's most nefesh for Torah all the time. Your life, Rabbi Akiva, is based on the Kavachomer. So you specifically should not be giving this pshat. That's what he says in the next paragraph. Yesh of Oh, Rabbi Kiva Ba'atzmo. The Gemara says at the end of Brachas, Hikel kilos barabim. He got a lot of kilos together. B'shasak zera, and he was moser nefesh, even though he didn't have to. Lachor, he was based on the kavachomer. Line nineteen. V'nimsa shu soser divrei atzmo v'hanagas atzmo. So it comes out that he's contradicting himself, and that's what he says. Rabbi Kiva, you shouldn't you shouldn't be talking here. Klach midibras kalei midabrasecha. Go back to to halacha because you are now creating an inner contradiction of how you live your life. That was the de- depth of the complaint. So we have the Ebed Ezra on Dam. We have Ravashar Weiss on Svardei. One final point on the Makis before we wrap it up. And that is Kinim. Kinim. Let's talk about Kinim for a moment. There's a Kinim we know was the third Maka. Dan Svardei Kinim. But if you look in Apostik in Tehillim, source number 10, line 1, but Tehillim Kasuv. Omar vayavo arov kinim b'chol gvulam. Describing the makos, it says arov and kinim came in all of their boundaries. Didn't David Amelach get this get this wrong? Right? Didn't kinim come before arov? Arov is wild animals. That was later. Dams for kinim arov dever shrin. Right? That's a kinim arov. Arov is, is second after kinim. So why does the David Amalek call it, say Arof Kinim? Should be Kinim Arof. Tamei Mamafarshim. Hari Petor Matzidun Tabakas Kinim Kalu Makas Arof. Why did David Amalek change the Seder? So Yagdal Torah, second week in a row. Yagdal Torah quotes the Kohelis Yitzchak who gives a marshal. Gives a marshal. Alpi Maisa Shahaya Be'echara Gvirim Shehisai as Benoha Ahuv. One of the Gvirim, one of the rich people of the town, were marrying off a son. So the father wants to wants to make everybody happy. Let's throw a party, but to have everybody at the same party is just not going to happen. It's too much to have the whole city, the whole kingdom at the party. So he's going to make a different party every day of the week, different party for different parts of the community. Even if forget the poor people, seven days before the wedding party. One day, Yom Echalaniyim. One day for the poor. Yom Beis L'Tamid Chachamim. Second day for the great rabbis. Yom Gibel L'Krovah. Third day for the family. Fourth day for whatever, the governmental officials. Every day has a different one. V'tzival Mesharsa. But the king told his servants, just one, one thing. Don't let anybody come twice. Don't let anybody sneak in there. Everybody's got one night. Everybody's got one night for the party. You want to come on Sunday? You fit into the Sunday category. You can't come on Tuesday. Everybody's got one night for the party. So what happens? The marshal goes by Hiyayom and Ra Echad Amesharsim Ishmin Amesubin. 
the servant saw one of the Mesubin Shikvarsh He saw somebody there on a second night. So for Shali, he goes, Madui He says, he says, What are you here again for? Heshivo Ha'ani, you're right. I'm here again, but let me explain. I fit into two categories. What do you mean? What was Shilshom? I'm one of the great rabbis, but I'm also his second cousin. So I came in the rabbi's night, and I come on the family night. Because I get, I'm here both nights. I'm invited to two parties. Says the Yagdal Torah, the Kinim were invited twice. The Kinim came as Maka number three, Dam Svardeya Kinim. But what was the next Maka? Calling all animals. Arov. Kinim say, hey, we get to go again. When David Amelech is saying Arov Kinim, he's not talking about the Maka of Kinim. He's talking about one Maka. He's talking about the Maka of Arov, but David is emphasizing that the Kinim came back. They thought they'd get rid of the lice already. Lice always come back. Right, that's the message we learned from this from this Arov Kinim. Kamochen Khan line eleven. Amnam Nasilakinim Ishtamiyuchad. Yes, the Kinim got their own feast. Ulam. But Makas Arov Gamo Nifkan Makomam. They didn't they didn't have to oh we can't come back again. No. Kamoshabasida Bemedrish. Shabamakas Arov Hayugam Yitushim Bitsiros. There were hornets, there were mosquitoes, everything came. So David Amelach was referring to the Kinim that were in the along with the Arov and not by themselves. Okay, one final point for the night. A point that really is, is a tremendous episode about how we live our lives. Okay, let's go to the Pasuk at the end of the Parsha, which seems to be not such an exciting, stupendous, basic Pasuk in the Parsha, but let's see what we can do. The end of the Parsha talks about the Makkah of Barad. Moshe says, when I go out of the city, I will lift up my hands to heaven, and there won't be any more hail. Paro, you will know that God is in charge. You and your servants, Yadati. Next Pasuk. Just a description of what happened during Barad. The flax and the barley were hit. The flax and the barley were ruined by the hail. Why? Because they were already in season. They were already ripe. So the stalks will have already hardened. And because of that, they broke. And therefore there was no more. But the wheat and the kusemes, other types of grain, that wasn't ruined. Why? Because they are delayed. They are late bloomers in the season. So the wheat wasn't ruined. Why? Rashi explains. Rashi. Ki ha-sa'ora aviv. Kfar bichrov. Barley was already in its stalks and it was hard. V'nishtabru v'naflu. And it broke and fell. V'chena pishta. And also the flax. But next Rashi. Next pasuk. Ki ha-filos heina mi'ucharos. They were late. V'adayin hayu rakos. But they were still soft. They weren't ripe yet. And they were able to stand in front of hard, harsh winds. Why? What does that mean? If there wasn't ripe yet, it was still wavy. So it wasn't, wasn't ripe. It didn't harden yet in its ripe state. It was still wavy and flexible. And therefore, it was not ruined. 
and did not break, and it lasted. That's how the barad only affected what was ripe or not. Okay, what's so exciting about this pasuk? It's describing the, the grain, the, what happened to the grain in Mitzrayim. Says Rabbi Pliskin in Growth Through Torah, it's verse number 12. A lot of gems in, in that sefer. This idea, he says in the second paragraph, has practical applications. We find in the Gemara that a person should always be as soft as a reed and not as hard as a cedar tree. What does that mean? We find an elaboration. When a strong wind comes, a reed bends in the direction of the wind. Because of its ability, although it bends, it does not become uprooted. Regardless of how strong the wind, it remains in its place. A cedar tree, however, does not bend at all. A soft wind which moves the reed has no effect at all on the minor cedar. But when there's a powerful wind, forget it. The cedar's out and breaks. So then he quotes for his Rosh Hashiva from Tells. A person needs to be strong in principles and ideals. So strong that no power on earth should make him veer from the truth. Nothing should uproot him from his values. We have to be so strong to our principles and ideals and what we believe in, we've got to be stuck in the ground that nothing's going to be able to get, get us out of the ground and uproot us. But the way we do this is to be like a reed. A person needs softness and flexibility when talking to others. Talk in a kind and gentle manner. This flexibility and approach should be in conjunction with a firm groundedness in Torah values and ideals. Strong and hard and stubborn in the principles that we believe in. But how we actually carry them out and how we implement those strong ideals have to be soft. On the first page, Revolvi has a sefer, HaMitzvos HaShkulos, which is a fascinating sefer, a little sefer, which is all about the seven mitzvos that are shakul connected kolotar akula. Avodah Zarah, Shabbos, Tzitzis, Yishev Eretz Yisrael, all the seven mitzvos that are mitzvos hashkulos. On the first page there in his Akdama, he writes, Shesulim Beveis Hashem, Bechatos Olekini Yafrichu. Atzadik has to be shasul, has to be strongly planted. Strongly planted. But he doesn't have to be so hard that he can't move when he implements and he tries to be mashpia on who he's trying to affect. So we learn the end of the parsha, the wheat, the late wheat that was still flexible, that didn't break. That's how we're supposed to be in life. Strongly rooted, but able to withstand the strongest, the strongest of winds. Okay, we'll stop here. Again, today's year was Le'ilu Nishmas, Menucha, Bas, Moshe, Yecheskel. Okay, we will continue. By the way, we got up to Mitzvah 50 today in the Sefer Mitzvah Shir. Feel free to join us. And um, every day one Mitzvah.